Nuet Gambi, everybody! My name is Megaman Isate, and welcome to the first episode of the Dungeons & Design Podcast, a podcast where I talk about D&D creature and character design and roleplay. Now today we're kicking things off with something that should make the bird furries, or feathers pretty happy. Mostly it's just the first entry in the Monster Manual. So let's talk Aarakocra. Bit of their history, they've actually been around since version 1 of Dungeons & Dragons. By version 2, they were considered iconic enough to keep in the main game as a core monster. And by D&D 5e, they finally became a playable race via the Elemental Evil Player's Companion, with mixed reception on the 50-foot fly speed. Say that ten times fast. Now, looking at them from a visual design standpoint, they are pretty simple. Humanoid birds with talons for hands and feet and wings on their backs. But interesting, did you know that 5e is the first iteration of that design? Previously, they actually had their hands about halfway up their wings, with their fourth finger, or their pinky finger if you will, forming the rest of the wing shape. Thus, they would actually have to, when in flight, handle objects with their talons. So that's a pretty interesting thing. Now, some of their design features, as detailed in the Monster Manual, include that they pull from actual bird uh, coloring, where the males are more brightly colored than the females, which is actually something we see in the real world. I think that's a pretty cool thing to keep in there. Finally, design-wise, and this is the thing I have the most issue with, is that canonically they have a parrot or eagle-like head. Now, their feather coloration can vary along those lines, but and are generally tribal-based, but I also say, who has to, Who says it has to be an eagle or parrot-like head? Let's see a raven aracocra or freaking uh, pigeon aracocra. Why not? That could be some fun you could play around with. Now let's look at some roleplay notes for playing uh, aracocra. Some general notes if you're going to be playing an aracocra, either as an NPC or as a player character, is that they pity creatures that are on the ground and they hate being on the ground themselves. So you should think about if the Aarakocra has to interact with the players, or if it is a player, how are they about being on the ground? Are they constantly wanting to take to the air? Do they avoid uh, roleplay conversations to be in the air? Think about how those could influence your campaign. Also, Aarakocra have bird mannerisms in their behavior. Uh, you can use those to express emotion as a player character or as an NPC. And also, if you're into doing voices, use the chirps and bird sounds idea that it gives you in the monster manual to influence how they speak, including the fact that most non-Aarakocra races may not pick up on the subtleties of those chirps and bird sounds. Uh, this could actually lead to some funny, or potentially disastrous to your party, miscommunication issues. Aarakocra also have no idea of ownership. So we can expand upon that. As a player, you might use that to spread a little chaos, to take things that don't belong to you and see how the rest of the party reacts. Play an Aarakocra Rogue, why not? <laughs> Start stealing stuff. Or as an NPC, it could be used to perhaps antagonize your party a little bit. Do a test of morality. How are they going to react to an inherently good creature who just misunderstands what we consider to be a basic fundamental of humanoid civilization. And finally, a little bit of racial uh, interactions, which can spice up your campaign. Uh, they are generally tolerant of elves, 
Um, and it says, except for gray elves and drow. And they have a distaste for dwarves because dwarves live underground and the elves don't like dwarves. They also dislike half-orcs and members of similar races. So these are things you could actually pull in if you are playing an NPC, uh, especially if you have these kinds of races in your party. An Aarakocra NPC, for example, may be willing to communicate with your moon elf uh, ranger, but unwilling to communicate with your dwarven barbarian. Similarly, half-orcs and such, they may be eh, not so certain about, and if you have a drow, nobody really gets along well with them, unless it's Dritzdord. Now, if you're a player, one thing that you should, should really keep in mind, if you're going to be playing an Aarakocra, is that they are mature by three years old, and they don't live past 30. Now, different lifespans of different races is a pretty common thing in D&D, and it is fun to play with what their perception of time is due to their lifespan. A year, for example, is going to be much more significant to an Aarakocra than it is an elf. An Aarakocra, that year's precious time, and standing around talking about nothing may be considered a waste of time because its time is limited, whereas the elf has plenty to spare. When you're playing an Aarakocra, you should really, really work with your DM on their motivations for adventuring. Aarakocra are rare creatures. They don't often venture from the uh, elemental plane of air. And they, if they live in the material plane, they do not often venture from their homes. So you need to really work out what is the reason that they are out and about. Some examples are given. They could have some great mission, uh, some revenge or dire threat to their clan. Or... They could be looking for the Rod of Seven Parts um, with their ties to the Windukes, or fighting a gargoyle incursion or something to do with Elemental Earth, which Aarakocra hate. I would suggest discussing it with your DM, and for maximum fulfillment playing at Aarakocra, try to include one in a campaign that involves the Elemental Planes. That, I think, will give you some very fun gameplay. Another question to ask yourself, if you are playing an Aarakocra, is how do you handle enclosed spaces? Aarakocra have a fear of enclosed spaces and tight spaces. Being underground is horrible. They can become violent. They can lash out. They might get scared. They might pretend they're not scared. And then suddenly they're cornered in a fight. They just become crazed or run away or cry. How does your character react to these spaces? As most races are perfectly comfortable being inside maybe even being underground. And finally, a little note that can be fun to play with is that Aarakocra ignore or forget vertical distances. Because you have a fly speed, you can interact with your party like getting up on a roof is nothing. What's wrong with them? Or, oh, I'm falling. Well, shoot, let me fly. Let a lot of that kind of cause a little chaos, maybe cause a little tension, freak your characters out or your, play your companions out for a minute. And then remind them that you have wings. Could be some fun things. If you're doing an Aarakocra as an NPC, a couple notes to keep in mind is that Aarakocra, uh, when encountered away from their tribes, are usually solitary or in, f or in flights of three to six individuals. So you should encounter a singular one or a small group. Also consider the circumstances with which your players are encountering the Aarakocra. Uh, they are rare creatures, rare humanoids, so they should be a significant sighting if your players see one. It should herald some great doom or have a serious reason that it's approaching the party. That way, when they, they know that if they see one, 
it means big things. You could also, if there's an Aarakocra flying overhead, have them roll a perception check. If they roll below your DC, they can look up and just see a bird until it lands right in front of them and they realize that this is something else entirely. Really helping your players get the gravitas of the moment that a five-foot bird man with a javelin just landed in front of them and has something important to say. Now, given that they are neutral good, I would not advise attacking an Aarakocra if you want to remain on the good side of morality. However, some parties are chaotic. If you should wind up in an Aarakocra combat situation as a DM, maximize the Aarakocra swooping dynamic. Diving upon their enemies with javelin or talon, and that will not only maximize their damage, but also create some really interesting combat dynamic, especially if there's no flight in your party. Use multiple of them, and even potentially at low level, they are only a CR one quarter. I would also suggest perhaps having some of them with a bow and arrow, especially in the 5e edition where they have hands that are not connected to their wings. That way, several of them can harry the party from a distance up in the sky, and it will really test your party's ability to think strategically in a battle. If you want an even more dynamic combat situation, use the summoning air elemental box suggested in the monster manual. You combine it with a, a visible round countdown or something to alert the party that this is important, what's going on here, that in three rounds something is going to happen, and so that they are trying to constantly stop the five air Kokra performing its aerial dance to summon an air elemental. This will create very dynamic combat as their party will be harried by other Aarakocra while they are continuously trying to interrupt this dance until the Aarakocra deem it a fruitless venture and just attack head on. That will provide some mini-games, if you will, to combat, which mini-games are always a great addition to combat. Now, as always, this is based on lore laid out in the D&D 5e books. D&D is a very flexible game, and you can change the rules to fit your story. All the information in this podcast was sourced from D&D 5e official material and the D&D fandom wiki. If you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to give the video version a like on my YouTube channel, Mergimanisate. The art in the video was drawn by yours truly, and go ahead and subscribe if you want to know when the next episode will come out, or join me on streams of me drawing the next episode's art. Thank you for listening, and soar high, my 50-foot fly speed friends. <laughs>